a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, I'm Jim Bennett. And I'm Abby Bennett. And this is Dinner Table Politics. And Abby, you know what Tip O'Neill used to say about politics? No, I do not. Do you know who Tip O'Neill is? No, I do not. <laughs> Tip O'Neill was the former Speaker of the House under uh, during the Reagan administration in the 80s. I was going to say, it sounds like the name of like a Muppet or something. He looked, he looked somewhat Muppet-like back in the day. Uh, he was the he was a congressman from Boston, and he was the Speaker of the House, Democratic Speaker of the House, and his line was, all politics is local. And we have just concluded a rather rancorous time in our national politics, which actually gives us a chance to take a breather a little bit. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. It really is nice just to have it over. Uh but we are now at a point where the races for Congress and local races are starting to focus more on local issues. Uh, there's a lot of talk about what the effect will be of this confirmation process on Congress. Current polls suggest that Republicans are going to come out and vote more Republican in Senate races, but Democrats are going to come out and vote more Democrat in House races. And you may very well see the Republicans pick up some seats in the Senate and Democrats uh, take control of the House of Representatives. But I want to get even more local here because here in Utah, there are four ballot initiatives, uh, all of which, well, to varying degrees, are attracting a great deal of attention. And in all of the national issues that have been going on in the last few weeks, they haven't been getting as much attention as I think they deserve. So I want to get local here and talk about some of the things that are going on. Let's in, get local. Are you That's something you've said a lot of times, isn't it's, it? If I had a catchphrase, it would be that. It would be let's get local. Yeah. All right. So are you aware of the ballot initiatives? Yeah. Right. Um, two of them, I guess, mostly actually, really, because you said there's four. There are four. Uh, prop two is the weed one. Prop two is the weed one, and maybe we should talk about that one first. Or should we go in numerical order? I think that would make the most sense. It's going in numerical order? Have you ever thought um, like that there's no reason that the alphabet has to be in a certain order? I have not thought about that. That's weird. Would you like to expand on that no, a little I, bit? No, I was just thinking of that like with, with order. Like A doesn't have to come first. We just say it first. We just say it first. Yeah. All right, well... Uh, that's that. Well, do you realize that numbers could be assigned differently? No, they couldn't. It's different. Well, you'd have you'd have to assign a different meaning to each number. Yeah, two would have to mean yeah, one. Yeah, but it's not the same first. thing with the alphabet. Yeah, you're probably right. All right. So the first initiative is formally titled "Non-Binding Opinion Question Number One." Mm, catchy. Yeah, really exciting. Uh, it's essentially a compromise. Our Schools Now was the name of a group that was trying to get an initiative on the ballot. And they decided to set that aside because of this non-binding opinion question. Wait, wait, wait. Back up. So, like, to get propositions, like, 
uh, on the ballot? Like, who writes them? Where do they come from? They come from anybody. You just have to get a certain – the rules to get it on the ballot have been refined over the years. And I don't know specifically what the percentage is, but you have to get a certain percentage of registered voters to be able to get on the ballot. And that was a, uh, that was a major – source of contention this year because one of the ballot initiatives that tried to get on the ballot was the Count My Vote initiative. And they fell short. And they went to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court slapped them down. But the amount of weird uh, jockeying for position that took place and the opposition to Count My Vote was dishonest. People were being called. I got a phone call saying, if you've supported a Count My Vote petition drive, uh, you may be criminally liable, and you need to go and make sure you take your name off the petition so that the FBI doesn't come after you. That's weird. It was bizarre. Well, are you familiar with Count My Vote? Um, no. Well, that's something you ought to be familiar with only because it had a lot to do, I think, with your grandfather. Because okay. when Grandpa lost... are you? Do you understand Utah's bizarre convention caucus system? Yeah, kind of. This has nothing to do with the propositions, though. Well, it does. It has to do with count my vote, because count my vote wanted to get rid of the caucus system altogether. And this was back when Dad was still around. Uh, this was something that was being done, I think, largely in response to his loss in the 2010, con- 2010 conventions, because he had a seventy percent approval rating among Republicans, but he couldn't make it out of the convention because the hardliners had taken over the convention. And Count My Vote said, we need to go straight to a primary, forget the convention. And they were gathering signatures to do that. And the legislature saw that and said, okay, Count My Vote is probably going to get on the ballot and they're probably going to win. So they created a compromise bill, SB 54, that kept the caucus system but allowed for a bypass around the caucus system. So if you collect enough signatures, you can get on the ballot without going through the caucus convention. Right. And uh, they were trying to sort of solidify that this time around, and they weren't able to get on the ballot. But it looks like opinion question number one went through the same kind of thing. The Our Schools Now initiative was trying to do everything it could to get money raised for schools, uh, and they created a compromise, but there's one more piece of it that's going to come before the voters, and that's a $0.10 cent per gallon hike in state gas taxes. Hmm. And the idea is that— That's quite a bit. That is quite a bit. Especially for gas-guzzling drivers of Suburbans like you. Yeah, well, yes, well, what am I supposed to do? I have five children, except for you don't live here anymore. I don't live here, neither does— my little sister, so. Well, so maybe, well. You just hate the environment, is it? And you like to be taller than everybody else at stoplights. Yes, that is the goal. But uh, if this passes, then I'm going to be doing more to fund education spending than otherwise. Okay. So uh, there, there's there's a lot of concern that a gas tax, gas taxes are predominantly used to be able to maintain roads. Right, yeah. That's the only reason I had heard of them before. Like who gets the who gets the money like when they tax it like where does it go? What what do you mean? Like so ten cents a gallon that's cool. So then there's a ton of money. Where does it go? Well, according to this, uh, like it, to teachers it, it, or like it would just go to, to building new schools or like to getting more crayons in the classroom. Like where does it go? Uh, well, it goes to the school system and they determine how to spend it. 
I feel like that is open for a lot of, like, abuse then. Like, could a superintendent just, like, keep everything? Like, um, Well, yeah. I mean, that, that's one of the complaints about education funding is that people want to see more money for teachers. They so want more money. That's quite a bit of money. It's quite a bit of money. And Utah administrators get paid quite well. And they tend to get some of that money that people want to have go st- directly into the classroom. Hmm. So I'm not quite sure. You know, I'm just talking here. I don't know how much of this has been specifically earmarked to go into the classroom. That is a very good question. But it's just very odd that a gas tax is being used to fund education. Typically, mm-hmm. that hasn't been the case. Gas tax is essentially a use tax for people on the roads, and people that money is supposed to be spent to make sure the roads work. Yeah. So I'm not quite sure how I feel about that, but uh, shout out to Steve Urquhart. You know Steve Urquhart. I'm familiar. Former state senator Steve Urquhart, who was our neighbor down in St. George. And you used to get bullied by his daughter, I think. I think it was mutual bullying, honestly. Were, well, I, I, I heard stories. I don't know. We'll have to get her on the podcast and get her to determine that. One way or the other, but we're very. I held my own. Thank you, you very much. You did hold your own. Uh, we're very fond of the Urquharts as a family, and Steve is has is former uh, representative and former state senator, and he has said as he's talked about this that all of these ballot initiatives essentially are signals to the legislature that if you pass this proposition one, it isn't necessarily that you love a 10 cent gas tax hike. It's that you're telling the legislature that the current amount of spending on education is unacceptable. Hmm, Okay. But but there'll still be a gas hike though. There still will be a gas hike, but he's interpreting all of these ballot initiatives as messages to the legislature to say, okay, legislature, if you've got a, you know, if we vote down this, then obviously we're really happy with the amount of education funding that you're getting and Mm -hmm. you don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. If we vote for this, you have to jump in and you have to fix it. Because I think that's so passive aggressive of us. Like, let's just communicate. That's the number one thing you need in relationships: is communication. Well, let's we're just say what we need to say. Well, we're going to do a little more communication when we get to ballot initiative two after the break. Ooh. All right, proposition two. Proposition. Now, you're a little more familiar with Proposition 2 than Proposition 1. Yeah. Can you uh, define... Marijuana. Marijuana. Mary Jane. <laughs> dank. Dank. This is the Reaper. dankest. Is dank a synonym for marijuana? Um, I've heard it used. Yeah. I hear about dank memes. Does that have anything to do with marijuana? Oh, my gosh. I can't. I can't get into the intricacies of internet lingo with you right now, Dad. Okay. Just consult Urban Dictionary or something. All right. Well, uh, medical marijuana is obviously the most controversial issue here. And it's been really remarkable because the same process that happened with Count My Vote and the same process that seems to have been happening with our schools now is happening with Proposition 2. How how so? Well, so... I haven't gotten any FBI calls. You haven't gotten any... No, no, I'm not talking about... Uh, intimidation of people that have signed the petitions. People, people that are high that get that call are going to be so freaked out. <laughs> that wouldn't be dank. Am I using that correctly? Yeah, you you nailed that one. <laughs> Teens everywhere are in awe. <laughs> so, no, what I'm saying is that 
just the presence of the proposition is bringing people to the table to try to craft a compromise. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Because okay. because Proposition 2 looked like it was well on its way to passage. Uh-huh. And polls had it at somewhere around 70%. And then the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And a bunch of other people. And a bunch of other people. But uh, the church, I think, carried the most weight. They're the ones who came they out. They do have a lot of clout around these parts. They do have a lot of clout around these parts. And they came out in direct opposition, insisting that it would lead to recreational use, not just medical use. And they they insisted that medical marijuana was already available to some degree, although it's not really. It, it, it isn't really, and and I think they've acknowledged that now because now they've sat down with the legislature, and there's a new compromise being talked about that would allow for medical marijuana, and uh, the church is backing off its opposition. They they were originally saying they were going to spend somewhere between five and ten million dollars. Oh in a media campaign to be able to to defeat the proposition. But the proposition still seems to be commanding majority support, and I think the church is now recognizing that, that a better way to do this is to forge a legislative compromise. Uh, but using the Steve Urquhart rationing, rationing, reasoning is what I mean. Reasoning and rationing are not the same thing. That is correct. Using the Steve Urquhart... Another vocabulary lesson... Brought to you by Dinner Table Politics. Yes, indeed. You're welcome. Yes, everybody's happy about that. Uh, But using his reasoning, he says, if you don't pass Proposition 2, you are saying that you are okay with the existing circumstances with regard to medical marijuana. And I think everybody realizes that that probably isn't the way to go. You know, I was really surprised when I ran for Congress how many people asked me specifically about medical marijuana. People like their weed, man. Well, it wasn't even people who liked their weed. It was people who, who said that this is essential for certain conditions, epileptic conditions, people who are having seizures, mm-hmm. that there isn't. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. Well, do you get some of that in your PD bio stuff? In your- well, it's it's interesting because um, is marijuana um, Schedule 1? Yeah, it's on Schedule 1. Or Schedule 2. No, it's a Schedule 1 drug. Um. More so than opioids. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like on the same level as um, like heroin. Right. Which is which is crazy. Well, like, you, can, can you insane. explain to but the dinner table listeners what Schedule One is? It means so. There's like different um, classifications of drugs. Like, and Schedule One means that it has no use medically, uh, medicinally at all, and it's dangerous in all forms. Like. Which is which is crazy because we've proven that it's not. But the problem with that is when it's Schedule One, you can't do any testing with it. Right. So we haven't done any like FDA approved like medical trials with marijuana because it's illegal. Right. Which is which is wild because we've seen that it's it's not on the same level as heroin at all. You know. Right. Um and. Utah is like, I want to say like fourth in the nation for overdose deaths. I also heard this stat the other day that was crazy. It was like, um, when you think about how many people died in the Vietnam War, like how horrible that was, like how many American soldiers died, like more people died from overdoses in 2016 than died in the whole Vietnam War. Wow. Yeah, like pain control, and that's mostly from things like opioids. And so if there's better options like marijuana, we absolutely should be looking into that. I'm like, I'm like really passionate about this well this is good it's a huge problem um so yeah i don't even know where 
what you asked me that I got off on this. No, but, that's yeah. fine. Well, well, when, when I was running for Congress, my response to people was, we need to take marijuana off of Schedule 1. Yeah. I, I mean, think the federal responsibility in this. All of the laws that have made medical marijuana legal in different states are in opposition to federal law. And there was some rumbling early in the Trump administration that Jeff Sessions was going to ca- was going to crack down on the states that had legalized marijuana to any degree mm-hmm. because marijuana remains on Schedule One, and so all of the states that have passed laws, even for medicinal use, let alone recreational use, although you're seeing those states now too, mm-hmm. uh, they're all in violation of federal law. I think at at this point, I don't think there's anything you, you couldn't ever. Well, yeah, like, th- at this point, the idea of the federal government swooping in on every dispensary in California is a little ridiculous. I mean, it, it would... No more gummy bears with THC in them. <laughs> right. Not allowed. Well, we're going to have to get into more specifics on this uh, when we get back from our break. Well, so, Abby, you are far more medically savvy than I am. I would agree with that. I, yes. I don't know that that's necessarily a high threshold. It's not, but I will take a compliment regardless. Well, so do you, do you understand what's at stake here in terms of what medicinally marijuana does? I mean, do you understand the medical ins and outs um, of this? Kind of. A lot of people don't, though, just because it hasn't had... Trials. Hasn't had the studies or the trials. Yeah, but we have seen that, like for child epilepsy in particular, um, it like and it, it's not it's not um, even like the like the THC in it isn't like even what's doing it. It's like the specifically like cannabis oil that's okay. helpful. Right. Well, isn't something like that already legal in Utah? I don't know, but I don't. And the other interesting thing about that is, though, like, I think you can buy, like, cannabis oil, but because it's not FDA approved, like, you have no idea how much is actually in there. Right. There's no regulation. Yeah. Like, it could be, it could be water, like, and there's no way that anyone could regulate that because the government can't get involved. So people that actually do need it and are trying to buy it, like, they could be just buying, like, syrup. Snake oil. Yeah, exactly. Right. Which is crazy, but... Well, that's the whole supplement industry. Yeah, I, I can't get off on that. I can't go off on that. <laughs> right. Well, it's amazing how much, you know, essential oils and all that kind of stuff, how big those are in Utah. People who ascribe miraculous properties to all of these oils and all of these things that have absolutely no research and no FDA approval and no, you know. If they work for you, that's great. That's awesome. But. Yeah, they're they're really big in Utah. Well, but so tell me the difference between essential oils and marijuana. This isn't this isn't political. Essential sure is. No, it's not. Well, because legally, if you're talking about things, the, the legalities of of marijuana depend on whether or not it's actually effective as medicine. And essential oils are very that's often. That's not that's not what the proposition is saying, though. No, no. Yeah. Proposition is allowing for different kinds of, of distribution of marijuana, and yeah. and the opposition to it is okay. If you want marijuana, you ought to be able to get it from a pharmacy, not from a dispensary. But you can't get it from a pharmacy because it's illegal federally. Yeah, and so that was like so. Was that like the the um, what do you say LDS Church? What are you supposed to say now? Oh, you're not. I don't know. Uh, yeah. 
you can't say Mormon. You're not supposed to say LDS. Uh, you've got to say the full name of the church. Oh, I just you don't can, have enough time in the day. <laughs> it's Sorry. 11 syllables instead of just two. Um, yeah, what, what was their like, main argument against it? Like, What did they not like about the proposition? Well, they, they insisted that it was too lax and so it would lead to recreational use. It would be too easy to be able to get it and so people would abuse the system and use it recreationally. And to their, in, in defense of that argument, that was absolutely the case in California prior to California legalizing marijuana for recreational use. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Nothing's changed. I mean, you, you, you went in and you said, oh, my, my toe hurts. Okay, here you go. Here's a prescription for pot. Do you remember when we took that trip and we, we, we went down Venice Beach and up and down Venice Beach, every storefront was a marijuana dispensary? Yeah. It seemed like. Venice, Venice Beach is, is an interesting place. Like reality is altered at Venice Beach. Right, right. I used to love riding my bike on Venice it's, Beach. It, no, it's awesome. It's yeah. fun. I still love riding my bike on Venice Beach. I don't get there often enough. It's uh, like a kind of a non sequitur. Yeah. But um, there's this show I watch called The Eric Andre Show. It's like on Adult Swim. It's one of the most bizarre forms of entertainment ever. You've never heard of it? Um, I haven't. Uh-uh. It's it's so weird. Anyways, it's like it, there's this one bit in it um, where he where Eric Andre goes around and uh, asks people um, legalize ranch. And he just talks about le- <laughs> legalize ranch. Yeah, and it's and he just has like a bottle of ranch. And he's just it's, ranch dressing. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I I have a sticker on my laptop that says legalize ranch, and it's kind of it like looks kind of legit. But I like was at BYU's library the other day, and someone came up to me and was like, "You have a sticker for Prop Two on your laptop?" And I was <laughs> like, "No, it says Legalize Ranch. It's from a bit on an adult show, like adult, adult comic show. or uh, cartoon." Yeah. yeah. So now I feel I like feel kind of embarrassed, like pulling my laptop around professors now because I'm like they're gonna think I'm like trying to make a political statement. Oh. And really, I just like this really weird show. Well. Yeah, legalizing ranch. I think we've already crossed that threshold. Legalize ranch. It's really that's funny. very funny. Anyways, I'll, have to, I'll have to take a look at that. It's bizarre, to say the least. Well, that's as good. I like bizarre. So, yeah, th- that was the big problem was they thought it was going to lead to recreational use. And and I, the it, from my perspective, whether you're pro or against Proposition 2 – I think that the Urquhart principle needs to be applied here to some degree. Well, and I think the tides have turned in the favor of marijuana a long time ago. There's nothing we can do with this. If, 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 like, well, it's, it's, it's here to stay. Like, it's not going anywhere. Well, you're talking about medicinal or recreational. You, both, or both, really. You, like, you, we're, we're seeing that, like, it's not hurting anybody. Like, so you think we're going to see recreational marijuana in Utah? I don't think in Utah for a while, but I bet there'll be lots of states with recreational within like the next couple of years. Well, I, I think that for Utah to adopt recreational marijuana, that would have to come from the federal level, not the state level. I don't see the state government. Uh, I don't know. And it's crazy to me, too, in the states where marijuana is legal rec- recreationally, people are still in jail for being caught with like a gram, you know? That's crazy to me. That's insane and really like depressing, but... Uh, I don't blame you. That's again. That's not really related to the proposition. Well, no, but that's that's related to politics. That's part of the dinner table pol- political discussion. You're right. I am doing well. I'm doing better than I thought. <laughs> that's right. I'm killing it. You're killing it. All right. So, well, so let's move on to Proposition Three. Proposition Three is about Medicaid expansion that would increase sales tax uh, from. It's a very slight sales tax increase. 
But uh, back from the Affordable Care Act, uh, Utah was trying – Utah was tasked with expanding Medicaid and they tried to create get a waiver from the federal government in order to be able to create their own program to provide uh, health care for low-income people. And um, Wait, so Medicaid is for low income. Medicare is for old people. Correct. Am I right? Correct. Okay. Right. So uh, Proposition Three would combine uh, existing funding, which is about ninety million dollars, and with a point one five percent sales tax increase, and uh, that would get about eight hundred million in federal Medicaid funding which would increase health care coverage to 150,000 low-income Utahns. Okay. You okay with that? You, um, you, yeah. you endorse Proposition 3? Um, I don't know. It's it's complicated. Like, I have a complicated relationship with Medicaid and Medicare, not because I use the I'm, – I'm lucky enough to not have to use them. You're not but, that old. No, I, that is true. You know, I just got a an invitation to join the AARP in nice. the mail. I'm, I'm, I'm 50 years old. And they want me to join the freaking AARP. Those early bird specials at Sizzlers. Good heavens! I just felt like such a geezer. Anyway, all right. That's how that's how I feel sometimes. I feel really old sometimes. I was like babysitting my cousin the other day, and she didn't know who the Jonas Brothers were, and I, I I feel I felt like really out of touch with the youth. You weren't happy about that. I wasn't. I wasn't excited about that. Okay. But I don't know. Like it's it's. Obviously, healthcare should be um, it, it shouldn't be a privilege to be able to go to the doctor. But then, it, from seeing it from the other side, though, like I've shot a lot of physicians and stuff, and there are issues um, from that side, like um, with Medicaid and Medicare, like billing and it's com- it's it, it's kind of the worst. Just well, all of my thinking on healthcare funding comes from my father who used to say that Medicare, Medicare is the state-of-the-art health care delivery system for 1955. Why not 56? Uh, he insisted 55 was the date, uh, but it could be 56. But the fact is that it's outdated, it's bureaucratically messy, it needs to be reformed. That's not really what's at stake here with Proposition 3. But the other thing he used to say when people would get mad at him for his proposals for expanding coverage of health care, as he said, the United States already has, even prior to the Affordable Care Act, the United States had a universal health care system, except for that it was the most uh, expensive, convoluted, and messed up universal health care system in the world because all it was was if you got sick and you didn't have coverage, you went to the emergency room where they have to treat you. Yeah. And that's the most expensive way to get health care. Yeah. And we were creating perver- – And I, emergency room, have you ever been there like for I, like a stomach ache or something like that? Not for a stomach well, ache. Well, like for something that's not super urgent, but yeah. like Instagram's closed, closed or whatever and you still have to go to the doctor. Yeah. It's the worst. Like, you know, you're lucky if you – like people always say like you're lucky if you go to the emergency room and you're not getting treated because that means that you don't have it very bad, you know? Like the doctors are seeing someone who's like – like just got chopped off or whatever, you know, but you wait for so long and like right. the doctors are like really overworked and tired and like, yeah, it's, well, I hate, I hate the ER. Well, then if we're overworked and tired, we need to take a break and we'll come back and talk about the last proposition.
All right, so do we get your endorsement on Proposition 3 then? 0.15%, like, I don't feel like I would notice that. Well, there... Not that I pay a lot of sales tax as it is, because I never buy anything. Uh, the polling suggests it's likely to pass, and there's no organized opposition to it. But the last proposition, Proposition 4, is the only one that has been endorsed by the United Utah Party that you're interning for. Ooh, what, wait, I should probably know what it is then. You should, this is the Better Boundaries Initiative. This is the idea of creating an independent redistricting commission in order to be able to draw uh, legislative boundaries. So no more gerrymandering? No more gerrymandering. That's awesome. I'm yeah. totally for that. I'm glad I agree. <laughs> that would have been bad. You were nervous. Wait, what does what the party I'm working for stand for? Are they going to say that like no dogs are allowed because I'm going to have to quit my job then? Yeah, there isn't a no dogs allowed Good. proposition on the Good. ballot. No, yeah, the Better Boundaries Initiative is designed, the, 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 key, the tagline is that Voters should be able to choose their representatives. Representatives should not be able to choose their voters. And currently, that's what happens. Yeah. That you draw the congressional districts in Utah snake all over the place, and they don't have any rhyme or reason to them except that they're all designed to make it very, very difficult for a Democrat to be elected to the House of Representatives. Yeah, it's literally gerrymandering. Right. Well, do you know where the term gerrymandering comes from? Yeah. Um. His name was Jerry. Right. The guy drawing it. I don't know if it was a lot. I don't, Jerry something. But he drew the boundaries to, like, I don't remember which group he was trying to keep out. Um, but he drew them to get a certain demographic together, you know, whatever. Yeah. And they looked really weird, like salamanders. Kind yeah. Of. And so they call it gerrymandering. Yeah, so it looks like a salamander. No, it looks like a gerrymander. Right. That's exactly what it is. Which I can't imagine looking at. I would have said, like, a lizard. Like, why a salamander, you know? Oh, well, I think... But I guess Jerry, like, Jerry is... doesn't have the same ring to it. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. So, uh, yeah, so this would, would end that. The opposition to it says that it would require a constitutional amendment to do that. Why? Um, well... <sighs> It would only require... Like, it would be a lot of work. No. Mm. Well, what it would require is that the legislature, because because in order to be able to remove that power from the legislature officially, it probably would require a constitutional amendment. But if the legislature were willing to abide by we the will of put, the voters... We should put the constitution like on a Google Doc so we can just edit it, you know? Oh, yeah? And suggest edits. And so it's like really easy to change and stuff. Oh, well, there you go. So, I, uh, yeah. elect me. I yeah, have a lot of good ideas. You know, it's not supposed to be that easy to amend the Constitution. I'm sick of the Constitution this, the Constitution that. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. I'm tired of it. All right, well, then let's cut to the chase. We're going to go through all four propositions. You want, I want to get your up or down vote. All right, let's go. Proposition one, education funding, 10-cent um, gas tax. Me. I don't know. That is not an about an option ah, on the I ballot. To, I need to read more about it because ten cents is a lot, and I need to know like where the money is going. Obviously, like teachers need to be paid more. Like totally, I'm so on board with that. But like, if the money's not going to the teachers, like okay, so so so, so, so more research needed. For more me. research needed. Proposition yeah. two. Yay or nay? Uh, yay. Prop- yay weed. Yay weed. Prop- it's kind of funny. Also, this is another non sequitur. Like driving around Provo, there's like. Um, you can you see like a lot of like vote no on prop two signs, you know, 
but they're like really cool design it's like a marijuana leaf and then like a red circle around it and the line through it yeah like they're just like it looks like a t-shirt design kind of like so so you're you're big on the no design it's it's just kind of they're just kind of funny it just is like okay all right so you're a, you're a you're if a, i was going to design signs for it i would put like um like Willie Nelson's face in the middle of the red circle and then like a line through it. No. <laughs> or like Snoop Dogg. <laughs> no no Willie Nelson in Utah? No Snoop Dogg. No Snoop Dogg? Yeah. All right. Proposition three, Medicaid expansion. Um, yeah. Okay. That was a ringing endorsement. I know. I, again, I need to do more research on it. Proposition four, yeah. better boundaries. No yeah. more lizarding. No more lizarding. All right. Sounds Lizards good. don't belong in politics. Okay. They Perfect. don't have the brain capabilities well and uh hopefully they don't know how to spell they don't know how to spell or do math probably well speaking of lizards this concludes our final there are uh, how does this i don't know i'm trying to think some's got a segue and i couldn't have one but if you're listening to this on the radio please make sure to subscribe to our podcast you can find it on itunes you can find it at the ksl podcast center Until next week, this is Jim Bennett. I'm Abby Bennett. We'll see you at Dinner Table Politics. That we will.